listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 I think we hit Fez with his best bet next, Jonas. Let's see if he can deliver. No box score reading. And here we go. It is in the Cleveland Browns-Houston Texans game. It is a tradition here on Friday. An early best bet just to get a quick little taste before we head into the best bets later on. Go, Steve. I like Cleveland here. I really like Cleveland Huge weather advantage. Two weeks. So, line right now? Minus four, I'm laying here. Okay, okay. So, Cleveland, two weeks ago, they played in conditions you wouldn't expect the rest of the year. 40 mile an hour winds. It was nasty. It was in Cleveland against the Raiders. Right. And what's happening now? They're playing in almost as nasty weather forecasted for Sunday. 30 mile an hour winds supposed to rain again. I think this is an enormous advantage for a Cleveland team that got to play in their very last game in the same set of circumstances. And who are they playing? A team from the South that plays in a dome, Houston, that likes to throw the ball more than run the ball. So because of that, I think Houston's offense is is really going to struggle. All right, so the total in this game opened 55 and a half. Texans Browns, it is currently 45 and a half. <laughs> a 10 point drop. You don't see that very often, especially days ahead of knowing the weather for sure because as much as we can speculate here and we all know the weatherman isn't 100%. So I don't think I've ever seen an NFL game moved 10 points by Friday, meaning I, I've seen it come Sunday. Have you ever seen it come Friday? No, and I think what's happened is that the betters are saying, wait a minute, I've seen this movie before. I saw it two weeks ago when the eventual total did drop 10 points in that Cleveland game. And you mentioned it after the fact. We were like, wow, that total was still way too high in that 16-6 to final. And bottom line, Cleveland can run the ball. Cleveland's number 10 in rushing but, the ball. But let's remember now, in this game that they played against the Raiders in that bad weather, they got dominated. Yes. And, so, and they did not have Chubb. Now okay. they got Chubb back. Now, so Chubb does matter, because you're on record saying he doesn't. I was, and I was wrong. Okay. You, yes. <laughs> Boomerang. <laughs> Boomerang. Well, Ru- Chubb turns out to be the third best back in terms of yards per rush so far in the NFL. Very important. Now, he, that was the case when he went out, too, right? Yes. Because he hasn't played since. But, but Kareem so how Hunt's, is, how's the stats the driver of your analysis? Because Kareem Hunt had really good stats until Chubb went out, and then he became a below-average back without Chubb. And, you know, it, the skill it takes to be, or the skill set it takes to be a low, or, you know, a uh, bell cow, as you guys call him, back, where you're running the ball a bunch, game after game, it's a different skill set. And in a way... When you bring in a Kareem Hunt as a number two back, you're kind of saying this guy's going to be better in that kind of role. I agree Chubb's going to matter, but they really couldn't. I mean, here's something about weather games that isn't obvious, and it's something I've just learned in the last year or two. Look closely at short passes. So there's different places you can look and say, how does this team do when they throw the ball short? So next-gen stats will have a heat map. Uh, when it comes to every quarterback over the course of games and the course of the season. And you can say, is it green? Is it red? In each of the zones. So they have a left, middle, right zone, short, medium, and long. So there's nine zones. And you want to look at that left, middle, and right, short. And then how does the defenses do against short passes? 
Some teams do really well against short passes. Others don't. Slower teams usually struggle with it. Faster teams do fine with it defensively. But that is equally as important, Steve, I believe, in a big weather game. And remember, weather is not all created equal. Cold, we don't mind cold. Cold doesn't affect these guys much until it gets to maybe 15 degrees. All right? Rain doesn't affect them. In fact, you can make the case that rain helps the offense because the offense knows which way they're going, the defense doesn't. And if the offense stumbles, falls, there's one guy out of the route or out of his route. If a defender stumbles, it may be an easy touchdown. So slippery, rain, a little snow, no problem. Wind, wind. It doesn't matter how cold it is, wind is the culprit that stops offenses, especially modern offenses, the throw. Would you agree, Fez, that those short passes, both how you throw them and how you defend them, is key? Absolutely. And one guy that thrives on those short passes is Houston's running back, David Johnson. He's out for this game. Concussion? Yeah, so the backup Duke Johnson not nearly as good in those routes. And this is a Houston team that was already last in the league in rushing the ball. Are you happy that he had a concussion? Now? Yes. I hope he's okay, but I didn't want him to play. <laughs> Any thoughts on this game there, Jonas? I, I also think this is Cleveland coming off a bye week, and they desperately needed that bye week. Because people forget, Baker Mayfield was banged up before then. Jarvis Landry was banged up before then. So it felt like they... They really needed a week to, to get more rest, to get rested up and a little bit more healthy. And then you're getting Houston, who's the worst team in the NFL against the run. I think they allow uh, 157 yards on the ground a game. And that's in when getting Nick Chubb back and weather being a problem there in that stadium, I think that could also play a factor as well. So this line, to close up here, Fez, this line was two and a half on Monday, got the three, then on Friday, jumped to three and a half. Now it's up to four. So we've seen the total drop 10 points, but people, the market is agreeing with you. The weather benefits the Browns. Absolutely. And maybe it's not as applicable this week, but one thing to keep our eye on, Deshaun Watson, after that first three games, that was a murderer's row against Kansas City, against Baltimore, against Pittsburgh. Those teams, by the way, have three losses combined on the season. Think about that a second. Three teams, three losses. Watson has 13 touchdowns and two interceptions since then. So he's protected the ball well. Watson is quietly having a career year, but the weather here, I think, hinders him greatly, especially without his key back. I tend to agree with the pick. I think we're losing a little value. Would you agree if the listeners like this one better quick? Absolutely. I think it just continues to move, right? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, so RJ, let's get it started. And we're going to start with a couple of games that are currently off the board, but we have estimated lines on these two games. And let's go to the AFC North first, where the Bengals are at the Steelers. And the estimated line on this one is Pittsburgh minus seven. All right, now here's the thing about this game. A lot of analysis you're going to hear is saying, okay, Bengals are hot. Joe Burrow covers. But when did they get killed against Baltimore? Well, what does Baltimore have? They have that aggressive pressure defense. 
Well, you know who else has a pressure defense? The Steelers. That's where the amateurs are stopping. Okay? But here is where we're going to keep going. The thing about Baltimore, that defense has a really strong record against inexperienced quarterbacks. It's not just because of the pressure. It's because what they do with the pressure. So you might remember the movie um, Wedding Crashers when Vince Vaughn was going, hot route, hot route. Well, what is a hot route? A hot route is when you see a blitz coming from a certain place, instinctually quarterbacks are supposed to throw to the empty spot. And they are taught that, and that's what most of them do. The Ravens have a very complex system where they actually drop defenders into that zone and really wreak havoc with inexperienced quarterbacks. Joe Burrow really performed poorly, only game. Pittsburgh, though they're very aggressive with the pressure, it's not the same type. They're going to be mighty good defensively, but it doesn't especially confuse young quarterbacks. So as much as the Ravens and the Steelers do have things in common, don't mistake the way the Ravens played against the Bengals for the way Pittsburgh's defense will go against Joe Burrow. I think he'll have much more success. And the next one, this game is currently off the board in most places, but the estimate line on Washington at Detroit is the Lions minus three and a half. Listen, we very much appreciate and respect and glorify Alex Smith's comeback. And now I'm going to tell you what I know to be the three rules of show business. Number one, look him in the eye and speak from the heart. Number two, you got to go away to come back. And number three, if someone asks you to keep a secret, their secret is a lie. You've got to go away to come back. Well, Alex Smith certainly went away, and he's come back, and he's the favorite to win the comeback player of the year. And you know what? I kind of see the point on that, because from where he came from to where he is, to just be able to be competent or borderline competent in an NFL game is amazing. Kudos. But he's a bad quarterback right now. Fez, I mean, even Flipper, who we feel bad for, he got really hurt, was better than you have Alex Smith. Yeah, one and a half points better in my ratings. And I think you might be a little sympathetic there. So as much as we appreciate Alex Smith's comeback, the thing you can't forget is the players know Haskins would do better. Mm -hmm. Haskins would be how much of an upgrade? Significant. One. Oh, you're wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. You might want to dig in. Maybe Haskins doesn't matter at this point. I don't know if we'll ever start again. But even with one, let's say with your crazy number, why are they starting the lesser player? The team knows that, and it hurts the team morale. Washington's morale is hurt in a way by Alex Smith as much as we all appreciate his comeback. We then jump to Green Bay, where the Packers are hosting the Jaguars, and the Packers are a 13-point favorite on pregame.com. Obviously, with Green Bay, it's a matter of motivation to some degree. If they want to win this game by more, they probably can. But let's hold on a minute. Luton is a quarterback that I didn't know much about, but by most professionals' accounts, he had a very impressive first start. So as much as it feels like, oh, they're thrown in the towel, I think, again, with the concept of the team, understanding how good the quarterback is, that performance may be a perked up Jacksonville. I would say I'm as inclined to bet Jacksonville this week as I have been for a while. I probably won't bet them, 
But I think Luton, especially with there being extra points that come with him, is better than Minshew here. I mean, would you rather have Minshew at plus 10.5, Fez, or Luton at plus 13? The plus 13, and especially with 25-mile-an-hour wins that might keep scoring down harder to cover as a big favorite. Good point, good point. Big matchup in the NFC East, believe it or not. It is the Eagles at the Giants. Philly, a four-point favorite. Ooh, so Fez, we had a crossfire in this game yesterday. You got annihilated. Are you pressing the button? Ooh. Yep, I'm on. Without, your, your button even like didn't. <laughs> what? It, did, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't even believe. It like knows. It, it refuses. It, just, <laughs> it, it, it heard the crossfire where you thumped me bad. Say no, no. All right. The, the Phillies off a of bye. The injury report's really good. Get back my stud running back, Miles Sanders, and get back my tight end, Goddard, at 100%. Remember, Ertz is out. That tight end's really important. And Lane Johnson back as well. Speaking of Fez's studs, he's got his DeChambeau report coming up after Colin, bottom of the hour, or bottom of the hour. To the NFC South we go, where the Bucks are at the Panthers. Tampa, a five-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com. Trend of the week. When Tom Brady, in his career since 2003, so since 2003, when Tom Brady loses a game by double digits, and he did lose a game by double digits, 18-2 and two straight up the next game, 17 and 3 against the spread. 17 and 3 spot for Tom Brady and the Bucks. I think there's another reason to like Tampa here. Think about the Saints and think about Carolina. Carolina is like the junior version of the Saints. You've got a quarterback from the Saints who's also not a strong arm, but smart game manager. You've got Joe Brady, who used to be with the Saints. It's a very similar franchise, but it's a very junior version. And just like when there's one fastball pitcher and the next day you have another, when you play a similar scheme, a similar team, that second week, it's an advantage for the Bucs. So you've got the 17-3 and Brady trend after a double-digit loss, and I think matchup-wise, an advantage. Fez, you've got a pick on this. Woo! Yeah, I'm on Carolina here. I like the trend line that these young Panthers have gone on. Started the year 0-2 against the spread. Currently 5-2, a team that is improving. All right, crossfire. Oh, no, no, crossfire. I'm just going to auto-bat him. Throw an extra hundo on that one. <laughs> Straight out of Vegas. Stays in Vegas where the Raiders are hosting the Broncos. Right now, the Raiders are a three-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com. The fullback is injured. What? What is this, 1970? The Raiders have a fullback, Alec Ingold. Now, he's questionable. He may play. But if he doesn't play, you know what? The Raiders don't have a backup. The Raiders don't have a backup. And a lot of their sets involve a fullback. And even if Alec Ingold does play, it's a situation where being banged up, do they get a little less physical with him? Do they go away from those sets a little bit? Treat him gingerly. If so, I think it's a big, big disadvantage for the Raiders. The Bills and the Cardinals are part of Colin Cowherd's pick number six coming up later on in the show. So from there to L.A. we go where the Seahawks are at the Rams. The Rams are a two-point favorite. Fed, you got this one. Yeah, the Rams are off a bye, and I could make the case no team needed that bye more than the Rams, who had to travel four times already to the East Coast. You talk about travel fatigue. That's over with with 14 days to prep. I like the Rams here, minus the two. The Rams, their offense is predicated on the run. The thing that Seattle does exceptionally well, 
and it's really borderline exceptional, is defend the run. DVOA, Seattle against the run, number nine. They're horrible against the pass. You might say, well, Jared Goff will be okay. Check this out about Jared Goff. It's disturbing for Feds in his bet here. Jared Goff averaged a 67 PFF rating throughout the first games except the last two. So, I guess six games. Okay? And so, think of that. That would have been the 12th highest rating in PFF. So, 12th ranked quarterback. The last two games, he had an average in the low 40s. So, 67 of the low 40s. He would be the 48th ranked quarterback in the low 40s. In fact, I don't know if you know this, 32 teams. <laughs> now, we got two games in a row now. When you have six that you're at a certain level, and you have two that you're literally as bad as anyone. I think uh, Matt Barkley's the only one that's got worse than him right now with like three passes. You better be concerned because they're not going to be able to run the ball too well. You feeling concerned? I'm okay. There's a good serious history of golf versus Seattle. I just bet it. I just bet you on it. <laughs> RJ, your best bet is going to be in the 49ers Saints game. We will have that coming up later on in the hour. So and remember, there, Jonas, we can almost guarantee Fez is going to have the same. Oh yes, imagine that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so from there to Sunday night football, we go. It's the Ravens at the Patriots. Baltimore is a seven-point favorite on pregame.com. So we talked about Lamar Jackson, a lot of talk. I thought loose talk. Why do you go on a radio show and unprompted in a way start talking about how the other team knows what you're going to run? Maybe it's a sign of some dissension. Now, on the other hand, you could say, boy, if you look at last year, the Ravens dominated an 8-0 Patriots team. That was the coming out party for this dominant Baltimore team. But then on the other hand, you could say you give Belichick a second chance – He's going to do something with it. I'm not sure in that ping pong game where to stop, but here's what I know. We have a season of stats, and what's happened is Baltimore cannot run the ball on first down. Everything they do is predicated on getting that five yards, that six yards. Last year, when the Baltimore Ravens ran the ball on first down, they had the second highest success rate of any team in the NFL. This year, when they run on first down, they're number 21. The Ravens, who are supposed to be able to run on first down, are number 21. And they run top 10 frequency on first down. So the Ravens aren't changing what they're doing. And they're not being successful running the ball on first down. I don't know if Belichick's going to be able to exploit it because he does have a slow defense. And that's death against Lamar. But I think this Ravens team is not near the team we had last year. I agree with what you said about Baltimore, but New England is overrated, and New England can't stop the run. 31st in the league against it, Baltimore should have success. How many times are they going to have to teach you? It's not about stopping the run against Baltimore. It's about stopping running quarterbacks. But in truth, New England struggles with that, too. Finally, we go to South Florida, where the Dolphins are hosting the Chargers, and Miami is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com. You learn more from your mistakes than you do from your successes. And I made a big mistake on Tua. So in the first game, Tua was bad. And not only was he bad, but it looked like he was being protected. What do I mean? Is they were throwing the ball on first down Miami less than any team this season. Meaning the amount they were throwing on first down would have been ranked 32nd. The least throwing team. Wow, you're protecting the rookie quarterback. That's what I thought. So I was pessimistic the next week against Arizona. What I didn't see was 
and I couldn't see it really because Miami in that game was getting a bunch of turnovers. That was against the Rams. They didn't need to show what Tua could do. So he looked extra conservative. Why? Low risk because you had the lead after the turnovers. But last week, Miami threw the ball on first down in a way that would have ranked first in the NFL. So the first game of Tua, they throw enough to rank 32nd on first down. And the next game, throw enough to rank first. Miami's been confident about Tua the whole time. And quite frankly, Tua played exceptionally well. Now, there's a COVID outbreak and all those other factors. But in general, Tua, it wasn't just one bad game and one good game. I think what we saw was that bad game was sort of camouflage. And they were hiding how good Tua is. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Every Friday, Colin Cowherd, we do a podcast, and he provides us with the world premiere of his pick number six. It's a good one today. Let's listen. Let's go! go. Now, now, that's great football now. It's Collins. Bonus pick only for RJ Bell. Pick number six. All right, bonus pick. I would have taken Arizona minus two and a half against Buffalo. Why? Buffalo's off a highly accredited, impressive win against Seattle. They're feeling themselves, and they're still in many parts a young team. I mean, Josh Allen threw for 415 yards, beats Russell Wilson. Uh, But what troubles me about the Bills is they're a young team that gives up huge leads. They did to Seattle. They did to the Rams. And the Cardinals have scored 30-plus points in four straight games, meaning they're good in getting better. I would have taken Arizona to win outright. But I I really i am fascinated by the way you see this game because I I can make compelling arguments that Buffalo was, frankly, a top-five team in the league. I cannot make that with Arizona. So what do the wise guys think here? I'm going to go with the Bills. It's it's a close call, but... Here's the thing you said that we got to clarify. The Bills didn't give up those leads. They won both those games, right? Rams yeah. and Seattle. Yeah. So they let them come back, no doubt. But let's look at Arizona because let's be honest. I don't know if it's a change with, you know, Sam Darnold, the Kyler Murray, but you got to shine for Kyler Murray. Yes, I love him. All right. Now, let me ask you this. Arizona lost against Carolina a while back. And then since then, after the Panthers, they played the Jets. Okay, they won. Dallas on Monday night. We remember how bad that was. They won in Seattle or against Seattle. Let's give them credit, but they won the turnover battle. They were were outplayed. Frankly, they were outplayed. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, they were. And they lost to Miami. <laughs> right. So what is where's the impressive win in there? Well, like, like literally a, five games back. You know, it's uh it's a, like a like a teenage boy. I'm just <laughs> blown away Potential. by uh, yeah. Well, I just get excited sometimes. I'm very I think they're the f- most fun team to watch in the league and that's really what it is. I'm and a sucker. And if I was drafted, who's going to win the Super Bowl in three years? Maybe Arizona is one of my the fifth, sixth pick. I think they're right up there. But this year, I think we're a little ahead of ourselves. We are. And if you look at the Bills, you could make the case that the three games that they didn't really score well, that it was bad weather. They had three games mm. against Tennessee, Kansas City, and the Jets that were all bad weather games, and they scored like in the, the high teens, low 20s. Except for that, in five other games this year, they've averaged 33 points a game, the Bills. So Josh Allen's had an exceptional year except for those bad weather games. Well, this game's in a dome. And finally, the Cardinal secondary has been banged up, and they're yeah. really not good against smaller, faster receivers. They're good against bigger receivers. 
Steelers. I think it's another edge for the Bills. They could be flat. I think you're right there, but I still lean Bills. By the way, Greg Cosell um, had a real interesting gem this week. I had said that John Brown is hurt for a couple weeks and didn't practice in the other weeks much, and the Bills' offense was not as good. And he said it's not just John Brown. When John Brown plays for Buffalo, they're allowed to go four wide, and they're really a good offense when they can use four receivers. And when John's out, they they don't have a guy they put they trust in that space. So when John Brown is a very interesting figure for Buffalo, he plays, the offense is much more lethal. And so, see, you're the handicapper, so you have the right side on the Bills. All right, R.J. Bell, you can hear him every day on Fox Sports Radio, at R.J. in Vegas, pregame.com. Good stuff. Have a good weekend, bud. Great discussion from Colin. We appreciate the pick every week. Bottom of the hour, that's the world premiere pick number six. Here's the best bet. It is the San Francisco 49ers, and there's tens out there, right, Fez? Oh, oh yes. 10, 10, 10. Now, what is this pick about? This pick is about buying low, and selling high. Now, what is the highest point in your power ratings, Fez, that the Saints have been this entire year? Right now. Mm, interesting. Now, what's the lowest point the 49ers have been this year? Right now. Jonas, you think it's a cliche. It's <laughs> buying low, selling high. Now, typically, Fez, when you've got a team that reaches its pinnacle, its plateau, does it keep going up usually? Or does it tend to regress to the mean? Regression. Doesn't always. Sometimes a team will keep, like Ravens kept going and going. But far more than not, when a team reaches that, especially halfway through the year, when they reach their high point, chances are the next tick's going down. Yes. And it's the inverse when you reach a low point. Now, what do you think? 49ers, they've been in the Super Bowl last year. Maybe they're going to give up on the season. Maybe. But 10 games ago, or 10 days ago, in the last game, they got embarrassed on national television against Green Bay. So even if it's going to be hit or miss, one game intense, one game not so much, and I'm not sure it will even be that for the 49ers. I think they'll be even more focused generally because they have a really good coach. Top five, top seven coach, Shanahan. And let's be candid. Do you really want a team that you might be battling for the NFC title in years to come to get some edge on you, this is the kind of game they get up for. So, to me, this is all about value. And the last way to look at that value is let's think about what this line was. Fez, I'm going to quiz you on this. Get your line sheet out. What was the line when this was the look-ahead line last week. So last week, you could have bet this game, and the look-ahead line was? Six and a half. Okay. So what's happened since the six and a half? Meaning, we saw, we saw, meaning what news do we have? Yeah, we saw Green Bay get rolled, rolled San Francisco Thursday night, prime time, and then Sunday night football, we saw New Orleans destroy Tampa Bay. Okay, so how much adjustment do you make on that kind of thing? Yeah, you'd adjust... One and a half for one team, one point for the other. Maybe two and a half point adjustment. Okay, so my thought is, if you have a two and a half point adjustment and you're going from six and a half, it gets you to nine. Yes. But what else has happened with injuries? I mean, 49ers, I think, generally are healthier today than they were a week ago. Yeah, get their wide receivers born, Ayuk, maybe Samuel back, and their tackle, Trent Williams. So let's call it a point and a half, two points. Yeah. One and a half, two. Let's call it two. So now we're back down to six. 
Or we could say seven. But you know what? It doesn't effing matter because we're getting 10. <laughs> right? So this is pure value. And remember, and this is going to sound like I'm trying to be like someone from Kill Bill with some sage Asian Eastern advice, but it's true. You have to be willing to be embarrassed. You have to be willing to bet a game that seems absurd, that people laugh at you over. Oh, you bet the 49ers when they lose by 30 in order to get the value. Because for those rare occasions that you're just playing wrong, you win a lot of games by a point or two because you're getting that extra value. 